What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today we have a jam-packed show. Shout out to the Leeds Podcast Network, doing great things. I have a show on there as well on Monday, so if you do anything, check out Monday's show. Free basketball show with Ryan, who's on here all the time, as well as Cody, who is our third will. He is one of the OGs. I am the last guy to join the group, but he's busier than I am during the day, and at night he works long, long hours. So he hasn't been on there as much, but this year he's made a point to be on there. We have a lot of fun on there. I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's it's really my guy time. Okay, we have a podcast. We have a lot of followers, a lot of listeners, and it, it's a lot of fun. But in all honesty, I do it selfishly. It's one of my more favorite things to do. It's just to get on there and goof off, have fun, talk basketball, and really just make fun of each other. But if you get a chance, check out the Leeds Podcast Network and always hit up the Monday show free basketball. But let's go ahead and turn back the clock a little bit and go check out the 125-118 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was overtime. Now, that game was weird, right? It, it, it Some people want to say that it was drunk, right? Like it was not a game that just seemed like, oh, it's just a normal game. Teams go up, down, you know, whatever. The largest lead for the Timberwolves was 16. The Grizzlies was 9. That's a huge, huge swing. It just seemed like nothing was going the way it should have been or thought of. And I can't imagine coaching in that game and then playing in that game where, yeah, some players are doing well, some are not, and you get the Brandon Clark game. That's what happened. It, it, it takes one of those games to bring out one of those players who isn't always the one who gets a shine, and it was the Brandon Clark game. But the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves both shot well. Timberwolves 42%, Grizzlies 50 from the field goal. Both shot roughly 38 39% from three-point line. And the rest of the stats, just looking straight through them, they're pretty similar. Fast break points, the Grizzlies got them by eight, and 16 points in the paint, the Grizzlies were up on that. The rest was pretty even. The difference was... And I, and I looked at this with the 5 minute and 23 seconds to go in the game. In the fourth quarter, it was 104 to 90. It was a 14-point lead. So their largest was 16 in the game. They had a 14-point lead with 5 minutes and 23 seconds. ESPN predicted that the Timberwolves would win 98.9% of the time. 98.9. Okay, Let's talk about why that happened. Well, one, the Grizzlies played well. They played with more energy. They were the aggressor. And it seemed like the Timberwolves were trying not to lose. But also, they were kind of, you take the shot, I'll take the next one. If you hit it, we'll go back to you. It really wasn't a good flow of the game at all offensively 
for the Timberwolves. The Grizzlies, they, they didn't play well, right? They, they, they had 16 turnovers as well as the uh, Timberwolves, the same thing. But it wasn't really just a, a good game out of the Grizzlies. But in those last five or so minutes, they turned it on. And they looked like the much better team as they did earlier in the game. So it was a weird game. Like I said, it was drunk. But in the fi- final five-plus minutes, Minnesota made one out of the 10 shots they took and had five turnovers. So five of the 16 turnovers that they had in the game came in the last five minutes of the entire game in regulation. And it really was a weird game. The Grizzlies kind of took control in the last minute. Ja looked incredible, had that amazing dunk. And then he came back less than 20, 30 seconds after that and dropped a three from deep. He looked like he was all in his bag. He was deep, deep in his bag. He was the best player on the court, bar none. He was. But then Carl Anthony Towns had a, a minute, I'm sorry, a second or so to go, grabbed the ball, threw it up, bank shot from what, you know, 40 feet out, right? It was a prayer. He jumped up, looked like he won the game. Their bench jumped up, looked like they won the game. They won the chance to go to overtime after they just gave up a 14-point lead with five minutes to go in the game. That's when you go, thank God we have a chance to beat them in overtime now. This might be our chance, our resurrection. This is the chance right now. And they look like they won the entire game. And that's the reason the Grizzlies won by seven points in overtime. That's, that's it. The team is not built to win. They... They, they play a, you take a shot, I'll take a shot. There's no flow. D'Angelo Russell has a little bit of flow. He gets other people involved. But Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, they do not. And they're going to struggle this year. And they're 3-6 and six, you know, at that time. And I, I would imagine that they're going to be outside of the top 10 teams in the West. They just don't have it. They have a lot of really good talent on this team. They just don't have the good veteran leadership and that's really what it all comes down to so the Grizzlies the Grizzlies pick up that win it was a uh, it was a good win they they should have won that game and they did so thankfully Grizzlies are, are feeling good after that they welcome in the Charlotte Hornets the Grizzlies got up early I want to say they got up eight points or so in the, in the first quarter I was in attendance in the game shout out the Groundhouse. shout out Grind City Media for hooking me up with those tickets. Uh, shout out John Roser. And I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I brought my friend uh, to go with me, and he was probably more excited than I was. Like, I, I show some emotion in the game, not much, but dude, he was getting down, and I'm all here for it. Like, I love when fans get into it, and it, it, was, a, it was a fun game. Early on. Not so much late, but early on, it was a fun game. But looking through the stats, and we'll just you know, we'll make this brief. But the field goal, the Grizzlies took 16 more shots. They pretty much even in field goal percentage at 42 to 45 percent, three point percentage. The Hornets shot 41 percent, and the Grizzlies shot 23.7. That's what it comes down to. They just could not shoot. Desmond Bain couldn't shoot. Kelly Oubre he could shoot. That's what. That's pretty much how it comes down to. Rebounding, we got them by seven. 
Offensive rebounding, we out-offensive out rebound them by 10. We had 19 offensive rebounds. Huge. Like, that is how you win games. Fast break points, we had them by 7. Points in the paint, we had them by 20. The difference was Kelly Oubre was throwing fireballs. Fire! He could not miss, and that's really what it came down to. He went 7-9 from deep. 13 to 17 overall. So when he got into the lane, he was making them. When he was outside, he was making them. The guy was just on fire. He missed four total shots in the game. Four. 37 points with a plus 20. That was that was big. Terry Rozier, 4 of 14 overall. Lonzo Ball, 5 of 13. Miles Bridges, 3 of 11. Gordon Hayward, 6 of 15. Nobody on outside of Kelly Oubre shot well you wouldn't have thought that in the first you know five to eight minutes of the game everybody was throwing up shots and everything was going in I want to say that the score was 25 to 20 with like six minutes to go in the in the first quarter and in the end it did not turn out like that it it, it was not the same and the Grizzlies and the honestly they just took the loss and a lot of people are asking the question, why did the Grizzlies lose? They lost 118 to 108, so they lost by 10. Why did they lose? A lot of people are pointing fingers at Coach Jenkins for his rotations. Anytime you bring a player such as you know a Dylan Brooks or anybody that's meaningful to the team back into the lineup, especially early in the season when you really don't have your lineups just set in stone, but... There's always a little confusion. Who do you put in? Who do you take out? How do the people mesh together? There's a little bit of overlap, especially if you played, you know, 10 plus games together. Like there, there's, there's some issues hit or miss. And I have to say this, and I will get off of my soapbox because I kind of had a little bit of interaction with another fan, a Grizzlies fan, very nice guy. Uh, we talked it through and we kind of just figured out, you know, one, we were just going to disagree but he thought that this was chalk it up to a Jenkins loss. I don't. I, I really just don't. Their team played okay. Nobody really just stood out. You know, Gordon Hayward had 25 points and Lonzo Ball had 12, nine rebounds and eight assists. He had a, a decent game. He's never going to do anything to wow you. But, well, he will wow you sometimes with some passes and maybe if he's shooting deep. But there's nothing that just comes off like jaw comes off. Like he's going to take over and you can't do anything about it. Lonzo Ball doesn't do that. He kind of just kind of helps facilitate the game. And I'm okay with that as long as you have good pieces around him, which he does. This Hornets team is not bad. They haven't played well, but they just came from the West Coast on an early season West Coast road trip. It's it's tough, right? But the Grizzlies still should have won. Why did they not win? Was it because of Jaron Jackson Jr.? No. 19 points, 3 of 6 from deep, 8 of 13 overall, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Not, not a bad game. Steven Adams, was he the reason? I, I don't think so. 9 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists. Sounds like a, a decent game. He went 4-4 from the you know from field goal. Like he didn't he didn't miss a shot. He did have he did struggle at the free throw line for the first time this year. He went one of five. So if any knock that he had, it was the free throw line. Like that was his nemesis tonight. And normally, he, he was leading the league prior to the game in free throw percentage. Or not leading, but he was in the top 10. Was it John Morant? 
Absolutely not. Ja was the best player on the court for the first half, maybe the first, you know, you know, maybe into the third quarter a little bit. Like he was the best player on the on the court, bar none. Ubre just outshot him just late. And Ubre didn't do much in the first uh the first half. It was pretty much the third and the fourth quarter where he got his, but but Ja was thirty two point seven rebounds, eight assists. Sounds good to me. He did go one of six from deep, which, you know, that's not great, but I think he was feeling himself, and he kind of took the easy way out of taking you know some threes that he should not have. All right, so I, I don't think it's him. Was it Desmond uh, DeAnthony Melton? We'll, we'll skip Desmond Bain. Was it DeAnthony Melton? Nah, seven points, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks. Like he filled the stat sheet. That's what Desmond Bain does. He will never jump off and and score the amount that he normally was early in the season without Dylan. He's just not going to do that every night. Not going to be that consistent. But he will hit some threes, which you know he didn't. Uh, he did not tonight. I'm sorry, he went one of seven, which is another bad thing. But there's nothing bad, right? Nothing really that bad besides just not shooting well. Desmond Bain continues to struggle. Now it's the third game in a row, I believe, and this is his worst. Two points, fouled out of the game. He had a rebound. 0 of seven from deep. He played 21 points. I mean, sorry, 21 minutes. He played 20. One minutes. That's not the saying. I'm not pointing a, a finger at Desmond Bain as the reason the Grizzlies lost. It's just not a good shooting night. And he'll, he's a young player still. He's going to bounce back. I can't wait to see when Desmond Bain comes back and he's throwing fireballs, such as Kelly Oubre was last night. He's going to come back on a vengeance. Anytime a shooter gets in a slump like this, when they break out, you better look out. He is going to go off completely. And you know who's going to be there racking up? Me. Your boy. I'm going to be racking up. Because I'm going to hit Desmond Bain on the over two and a half, over one and a half on the three-pointers every single game. Once he shows me that he's going to hit two, and he's kind of looking like he's going, and he's going the right direction, and he's kind of climbing the mountain again. He kind of fell into the valley, but he's back. He's climbing the mountain you better believe I am going to put money on his three-point makes because he will pay off. And it'll be like four or five games in a row where he's going to hit three and four three-pointers a game. It's going to happen. Just stay tuned. Ride the wave. But if I'm looking at the reason the, the Grizzlies lost, was it was it Dylan Brooks? No. 20 points. Not a bad night. Four rebounds, six assists. He went four or seven from deep. Welcome back, Dylan. Right? Welcome back. And finally... He gets back and he showed a lot of stupid plays that he normally does. It's a lot of dumb Dylan stuff, but it's also he shot well. And adding him into the mix, and then Desmond Bain gets back. D'Anthony Melton chips in for you know a three or two. He's not taking seven. That's where the Grizzlies are going to be dangerous. But right now they're still finding their way. But let's go to the bench. Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, John Conchar. A lot of people are pointing fingers at John Conchar. The reason is, is you know, honestly, he he played 18 minutes, right? 18 minutes, and everybody's saying he had the the worst plus minus. What that means is, when you were on the court, what was the score? So if you got on the court and your and your team, you know, when you when you got off, we were 10 points behind, but you were even when you got on there. You were minus 10. So that's what that means. If you don't know, so overall, when he played, he was a minus 22 on 18 minutes. I watched the game. I was there. I did not miss 
maybe 30 seconds of it at times when I had to go use the restroom, right? That, that was it. I don't think John Contra was the reason that the Grizzlies lost. He was on the court with some other people that just did not have it that night. And that's not to say they're the reason we lost. It's just they just didn't have it. It's not anybody's fault. The rotations that, that Coach Jenkins has, it's not his fault. We, he, he's putting out a guy who just helped win you the game two nights prior against Minnesota, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark played 12 minutes. In 12 minutes, he was a minus 19. That means that just in those 12 minutes, two different stints, probably a six-minute you know, six minute, six minute runs, right? So two different times, he got called to go in the game. He was in for six minutes and then out. He was a minus 19. Two points, four rebounds to assist. He took one three-pointer. He went one of six from the field. He just didn't play well. And you know what? He did not do anything. He didn't do anything else. He didn't help on defense. He didn't help rebound. He didn't do much of anything. That was the reason. He just did not play well. But you can't fault Coach Jenkins. He has to play these professional athletes. That professional athlete that everybody was going to Twitter and saying, this is why Brandon Clark should see more minutes. Hello? Anybody home? Anybody? These coaches are very, very good. Coach Jenkins and his staff, very good coaches. There's a reason Brandon wasn't playing. Come on, people. Come on, Grizz Nation. Y'all have to be better than this. There's a reason he wasn't playing. He got the chance. He went from one side to the other, one extreme to the other. He showed you why he should get more minutes, and then he showed you why he hasn't been receiving those minutes. So just understand that these players... There's a reason that they don't have the minutes and they're not put in the spot that they should be. There's a reason that Brandon Clark has been out of the rotation some of the year, right? There's a reason. You can't fault Coach Jenkins for playing a guy who everybody ran to Twitter to say he should be playing more. Well, he played in 12 minutes and he went minus 19. He couldn't do anything. He was horrible. It is what it is. Tyus Jones. I love Tyus. I'm a dookie lover. Shout out the Blue Devils. They're winning the championship this year. You heard it here first. If you want them, they're, they're plus 1,400 uh, on, on betting to win the national championship. They're going to do it. Sorry, Tigers. Sorry. I, I just don't think you have it. Uh, you don't have the firepower. But let's get back on to this Blue Devil. Tyus Jones, 11 minutes. He went minus 16. And the reason I look at this, and there's nothing much on here that you know shows how bad of a night he had except for one thing. And that's three turnovers. Tyus Jones doesn't turn the ball over. He just doesn't. He has three in 11 minutes. He did not have it. There was something not working. Okay? And I'm not blaming it on the players as much, right? Like, they just, sometimes you don't have it. And and honestly, it's November. We're, we're you know, 11, 12 games into the season. It's not that big a deal to take a loss. The, the sky isn't falling Everything's going to be okay. Everybody just relax, right? So I don't want to blame it on the players. You know, it it is what it is. They played bad. That's probably the reason we lost. But you know what? It's a loss. It's not like they're bad players and they're just not going to be good. No, they're going to be fine. They just didn't play well together. The first half, Coach Jenkins put in his normal rotation that he always does. He always puts these same guys in. They always play pretty well. The Pretty much the reason they won the Minnesota game is because Clark played well 
and they stuck with him. He made a, Coach Jenkins made a really good decision to go back to him even when it was late in the game. You went back to you went back to Clark. Uh, I can't remember who fouled out of the game, but you went you went back to him. Okay, that that makes sense. It, it, sorry, it was Jaron Jackson who fouled out of the game. You went to Clark, right? Well, he had the same rotation. He put him back in again. The same people, right? And everybody's throwing and saying they were terrible. Yes, they they played bad. That's not Coach Jenkins' fault. He went with what worked pretty much the the game prior. Well, he made a change in the in the. I guess the second half, mainly the fourth quarter. And everybody is hating on him for, for his rotations or whatever. He made an adjustment. There's a reason that they only played 11 and 12 minutes, respectively, for Tyus and Clark. It's because they did not play them their normal minutes. They're usually playing between 16 to 20 minutes a night. Maybe not Clark, but when he plays, he's, he's that, that guy who's playing 16 to 20 minutes a night. So he went away from them. Jaw had like he played 37 minutes. So what do you want him to do? Do you want him to play John ja Morant 40 plus minutes in a November game and just maybe kill him and, and sacrifice the next game? No. You have to be smart about this. And that's why they're coaches. And that's why they're getting paid millions of dollars because they make really smart decisions. But looking at this, and I put it on you know Twitter as well, you know, the the lineup of that started the fourth quarter was down three when they went in. Tyus, Bain, Adams, Kyle, and Conchar. Okay? It did not look good. Okay? So in just a minute and a half, at the 10:29 minute mark, he put in Melton for Kyle because he thought, you know what? We need more shooting. We have Adams to rebound. Let's put in Melton for Kyle. Okay? So that way we can have Kyle back for our death lineup to kind of end the game. Okay? They were now, they were down seven points at that moment. Well, it still wasn't working. So in another minute or so, we put in Jaron for Bain because Bain wasn't playing well. And I think he just got his uh, fifth foul, potentially. So we're down eight. We put Jaron in, okay? And another two minutes goes by. We're at the seven-minute mark, and Ja comes back in. Ja's already played 30 minutes to the, at this time. He's already played 30 minutes in this game. So they put him in around the 7:23 mark, and they're down six points. Okay, Jaws coming back in. He's with Jaron, Stephen Adams, DeAnthony Melton, and Dylan Brooks, right? That's who we have in the game now, the 7-minute, 23-minute mark. Down six. Two minutes goes by. We're down nine. So he puts in Bain for Melton. Okay, let's get in some more shooting. Okay, that's that's not that, that's kind of working. So then another minute and a half goes by at the around the four-minute mark. We're down seven still. Okay, Kelly Oubre is still throwing fireballs. So he's like, okay. Maybe we need to make some adjustments, right? Like, what do we do? Okay, let's put in Melton for Adams, and let's go small with Jaron at the five. Okay? And, all right, cool. That's kind of working. Bane fouls out within the next four seconds. So then we go, okay, let's go to our death lineup with the last three minutes and 57 seconds. We put in Kyle for Bane. So we end the game with Ja, Jaron, Melton, Kyle, and Brooks with right at four minutes, three minutes and 57 seconds to go. 104.95, okay, because the guy hits his free throws. So we're down nine with four minutes to go. And we have our lineup that everybody loves. I love it, okay? It's our death lineup. It's our best lineup when we go small. Jaron at the five, Kyle at the four. We lost the game by 10 points, people. I don't know where you point that and say, oh, that's John Conchar's fault. Oh, you know, 
That's that's Tyus Jones. That's Brandon Clark. They played too many minutes together. They played 11 and 12 minutes. And, and John Conchar played better, honestly. He was better than those two in the game. He did more winning plays. He was he was being you know energetic, and that's really what you had to have. You know, is he great on defense? He's okay. Nobody was really blowing by him and him having to help. And that's the reason we lost the game. So please understand, coaching is really hard. And I hate that I'm on this soapbox, but it's so frustrating to me that everybody wants to just just say when the Grizzlies lose, it's Coach Jenkins' fault. It's, it's really not. He might make some boneheaded, stupid decisions, okay? But he's also trying to make a decision that might win them the game. And oftentimes, he makes decisions such as going back to Brandon Clark late in the game when Jaron fouls out the, the, the game before. That's a good decision. Instead of going with Steven Adams, who's a little bit bigger, that might be helpful, and Carl Anthony Towns, who's a big guy, he trusted his small lineup. He trusted the guy who had played so well that night, and he went back to him. You don't always get that feel of the game unless you're on the sideline making those decisions under pressure. So shout out, Coach Jenkins. I see the way you're trying to make things work. You're trying to set a guy late in the game a minute or a minute and a half, get him that extra rest so he's good for the last four or five minutes in the game. I see what you're doing when you're switching out Melton and Bain and Brooks, giving them a minute or a minute and a half closer in the last six, seven minutes in the game, trying to make sure you get the, whoever is in there has fresh legs or just gets their win so they can push through to the final end. I see it. And I wish Grizz Nation saw that because that's really what he's doing. He's doing a really good job coaching. And is he the is he the coach for the future when they finally break through and they're a top five team consistently? I don't know. Do you need an old vet coach? Maybe. But I like this coach. So I'm going to hang out with my guy and I'm going to ride with my guy because Coach Jenkins is a really good coach and these players really like him. He can't shoot the ball. He can't. When you, sh- when you shoot you know, 27%, 23% from three-point line and you're, and you're shooting you know, between 35 and 40 three-pointers a night, it's not a good recipe to win. So yes, Ja played well. And Jaron even played well. He's, he's had a lot of good games back, you know, back-to-back here. And it's not really their fault. You know, I just think that they just did, had a bad shooting night. And it just wasn't working. The bench wasn't going in there and giving them the energy that they normally do. Because the bench unit, led by Tyus, is usually energetic, pushing the ball, free-flowing offense, and it looks good. And it's a different style than our regular starters. So it always, always works. It just didn't tonight. But in the end, it's November. It's a loss. Relax. The Grizzlies are 6-5. and And now we have to welcome in the Suns. So let's go ahead and get into the Suns right now. They play Friday night, 7 o'clock in the Grindhouse again. The Suns are 7-3. and three. They're on a six-game win streak. They start the, they started the year 1-4. I'm sorry, they started the year 1-3 in the first four games. 1-3. They're on a six-game win streak now. They're without you know uh, Aiton. He, he potentially is going to be out again. I would, I would expect that he's not going to play in this game. He's still out and not and, and doubtful, right? He he doesn't look like he's expected to jump in this week. I would expect Aiton to start maybe playing next week. So it, everything kind of changes if Aiton's playing because he can rebound the ball well. And he's putting up decent stats, 14 and 11. So he's going to give you points 
and rebounds. And he's playing roughly 25 to 30 minutes a game. Like he's playing well, but he's out right now. I expect him to be out. So let's go ahead and go in that, that mindset. They just beat the Trailblazers last night, 119 to 109. And they, they played okay. They played good team basketball. The main person that I'm looking at is Frank Kaminsky coming off the bench. He put up 31 points last night. He, he's he's going to shoot, you know, four, maybe five three-pointers in a game. Like, he's he's putting it up. And against the Grizzlies, he's, he's going to do that, trying to stretch out the floor. So I think it's going to be very important as to what the Grizzlies do to go against that. Do they play Jaron on him? Or do you go with, you know, Xavier Tillman or Brandon Clark? I would probably go Xavier Tillman, in all honesty, give Brandon Clark after that game they just had. I'd probably go with Xavier Tillman on, on him because McGee is playing the center for them. And since he's playing the center, he's only playing between 16 to 20 minutes a night. I would probably go against JaVel McGee with Steven Adams straight on one-on-one. I would, whenever JaVel McGee comes out of the game, I would take Steven Adams, you know, out that possession or the next possession. I would go straight up against them because they're very small. Going to Xavier Tillman when Kaminsky comes in, that's probably pretty smart. And then if for some reason he's beating him, then we just switch because Xavier Tillman could easily guard Jay Crowder out on the wing. So at that point, I think you can swap either Xavier Tillman or Jaron in that in that instance. But you only have three bigs that you're playing because this is a small team. So you go one-on-one with Javel Gee and Steven Adams, and then you, you let Jaron and XT figure out the other two guys. But, um, but he is playing well, and I think that, you know, honestly, Frank, the tank, could be an X factor for them against us. He's always played good against the Grizzlies somehow, some way. The rest of the team, they're just playing good. Good team basketball. Jay Crowder, nine points, five rebounds, two assists. He's he's good for two three-pointers a game. Miles Bridges, 15 points, three uh, rebounds, two assists. He's he's also good for two three-pointers a game. JaVale McGee, 10 points, six rebounds. So he's going to give you in, the, in those 20 minutes, he's going to give you you know some points and also rebound well. Like that's okay. Like in those twenty minutes, that those are good numbers, and that's all he has to be. He's playing within himself. Chris Paul, fourteen points, four rebounds, eleven assists. He's been down on his assists the last two games, uh, and that's two of the three without Aiton so far. So I don't, I don't think it's as much Aiton, but it might just be the, the style of play or, or just instance, right? So some something could have happened, or it could just be you know, part of the NBA season where he's just down. But it's not like he's having terrible assist games. He's still having six or seven. But it's not the average of 11 when he's putting up, you know, 15 to 18 assists as he has in a couple games this year. So Chris Paul is going to facilitate, and he's going to hit an open three. You can guarantee that. Uh, That's going to happen. Devin Booker, he's been their most consistent scorer. 23 points, six rebounds, five assists. He's making two three-pointers a game, but he also likes inside the arc. He's going to get to that mid-range game a la, you know, DeMar DeRozan, and he's going to hit those uh, two-pointers, and he's going to shoot you to death. And he will be the guy who will put up 25, 28, 30 points for them against us. Like, we are not a good defensive team right now, even though Dylan Brooks probably will be back to playing, you know, more if he's not starting in this game. 
But I would imagine that Devin Booker is going to have a good game against us and look for him to have, you know, a couple three-pointers. Um, as we talked about, Frank Kaminsky come off the bench. We also have the other bench guys that are here. Cam Johnson, he's six points, two rebounds, one assist. He can make up one or two three-pointers a game. He's, he's a pretty good shooter. Landry Shamit, uh, he, he, he didn't play last night against the Trailblazers, but he could be back. That guy, he, he's putting up, you know, nothing crazy. He's nobody you got to really watch out for. But he can get hot from three. So if he is playing the Grizzlies, he, he he's had a couple of games where he's had four three-pointers in a game. Like, that's all you need from a bench unit guy is to, is to shoot them up. And if they're going in, stay with them. If they're not, come out, right? And that Landry Shamit is that kind of guy. He's pretty much like Grayson Allen. If he's hot, roll with him. If he's not, get him out. Uh, campaign, 10 points, two rebounds, two assists. He had a 24-point game uh, a couple of games ago. But besides that, he's at, he's he put up a, a points of 10, 9, 4, and 4. So he's not going to kill you completely. This game, I, I would imagine, if, if I had to look at it going against a Chris Paul-led team, I'm probably expecting the Grizzlies to lose. Even at the home court, but also just looking at how they just played against the Hornets and they didn't shoot well, I would imagine that the, that the Suns will beat the Grizzlies. They're on a six-game win streak for a reason, people. I don't know what the line exactly is going to look like, but I would imagine minus three and a half. So they're expecting to, the Suns to win by four or more. It, it would be my guess. So the lines are not out yet, but if I had to put my finger on one, that's what it would be. Uh, but it, it, it's going to be a, needs to be a big game, a good shooting game, a good bounce back game out of Desmond Bain. Uh, I hope that this team understands who they are. And I, I would like Xavier Tillman to get some run. That, that's kind of my hope in this entire game against the Suns. They're not big, like I said, but they all play well. They're not going to just wow you with how they play. They're just going to beat you over your head over time, much like the, the Spurs play uh, and they played back in the day. Uh, I got a best bet on this, and, and this is something to look at. I don't know the line yet. There's no player props yet, but I want to give you the best bet for this game. I'm going to play a little parlay, and it, when, when I play a parlay, I'm putting maybe 10 bucks on it. If I feel good, if the, if the odds aren't crazy high, so my chances are better, I might put 20 bucks on it. So nothing crazy. So don't go crazy with these, but what I'm going to look at is I'm going to go against how the Grizzlies have played, and they are terrible for defending the three-point line. This Suns team, they have a lot of good shooters, but nobody just knocking down a ton of three-pointers, right? But I'm going to put on the best bet of Frank Kaminsky, one three-pointer, campaign, one three-pointer, Cam Johnson, one to two, depending on what odds you can get on his three-pointers. I'm going to probably stay closer to one if possible. Jay Crowder, I'm going to hit two three-pointers with him. He's going to hit two, if not three, three-pointers against the Grizzlies. It's going to happen. And then Miles Bridges, at least one three-pointer in that. So if I get those you know, five players and I do that little single-game parlay, it's probably a good return of plus 300 or so. Um, and so it, it could be a good return. 10 bucks, you know, plus 300, 20 bucks, plus 300, whatever you're going to put on it. It could be a lot of fun to at least watch and know that you're not cheering for a guy to go off. Just hit a three-pointer. That's it. Just one. Maybe two. That's it. Fair enough. But the Grizzlies, I, I think, take that loss on this because, you know, Chris Paul-led teams are tough to beat. But don't count out the Grizzlies. Don't count out Ja. I won't do it again. I promise. He's got that fire. 
All right, let's go uh, on a back-to-back with the travel game going down to New Orleans against the Pelicans. They're struggling. They're on an eight-game losing streak. They're 1-11 right now, and Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark, Brandon Ingram has been out of the lineup for the past six games, but he is questionable now. So he's probably looking to come back um, this weekend, potentially, right? We don't know exactly. I don't even know what's going on with him. But they do have a back-to-back as well, but the back-to-back is at home for them. So that's important. They do have the Nets. That's also important. So if I had to just guess what I would do if I was the person you know, leading the charge and of this team, the GM, if Brandon could come back, I'm not playing him on a back-to-back right when he comes back. So I'm going to look at what the games are ahead. They're both at home, okay. One's against the Nets, one's against the Grizzlies. One's an Eastern Conference team. One's a Western Conference team. If you if you win against the Nets, that's good. That's great. But you're not going to play him on a back-to-back after he just had a hip issue. So I'm probably playing him Saturday night against the Grizzlies because I think that's a more winnable game. But also, it's in her, you know, inner division, inner conference. That win means more than beating the Nets because in the end of the day, that's just a just a win or, or a loss. Grizzlies, a win would be big, but also, you know, gets them on the road and they're starting to play play better coming off that. So, in my opinion, I think Brandon Ingram does play Saturday night and that's going to be big for them. But whether he plays or doesn't, I don't think there's much, you know, difference in there in these guys' numbers. But I think what's important for this is Brandon Ingram playing and playing well. He could easily be the guy who plays well against the Grizzlies because he can shoot well. I just don't know how the hip is. So I wouldn't bet on him for any way at all on any kind of player prop if we're we're talking about that. But I think he would be a guy who could take a little bit of load off of, you know, JV, but also it could kind of hurt them such as it did the Grizzlies trying to work a player back in after he's been out for a while. So check out that. This game is going to be kind of up in the air depending on if Brandon Ingram plays or not. Uh, but let's kind of get into it. Uh, Garrett Temple, he's 35. He's not doing much. He's, you know, six points, three rebounds, two assists. He's going to, he's good for a three pointer a game. He's not really going to do anything that's going to wow you at all, but he's just going to get some rebounds, give a couple assists, and, and that's it. Like he's going to score, score a couple points. That, that's what he's going to do. The guys I, I, I'm kind of nervous about is Graham. He, he's getting 16 points, three rebounds, five assists. He's got three plus three pointers. Per game, that's what he's averaging. He's taking eight or nine. Even when Ingram was there, he was taking eight or nine three-pointers a game. So I think one game he took 12. Like, he's going to jack him up. And you have to have that against a a team with literally, when you're playing with JV, he's going to clog the lane. But also, outside, you're going to have open three-pointers. So he's he's jacking them, right? That's what he should be doing. All right, Josh Hart. He's played. He's starting since uh, Ingram has been out, but at 11 points, six rebounds, two assists. He's been playing well in Ingram's absence, uh, and he's going to go back to the bench, and he's going to be okay. He's probably going to average close to those same numbers, even be on the bench. He's just he's probably not going to be able to play as many minutes, so those numbers will go down a little bit if he does. But Josh Hart isn't going to scare you. Nikhil Alexander Walker is one of their best players right now. And he's averaging 15 points, five rebounds, three assists. He's good for two, three pointers a game. So he's going to continue to to create that outside shot. 
and make sure you're giving you know Jonas Valanciunas some room down in the post. And that's very important for them. We're going to hit on JV last because I want to save him because he's my favorite. Herbert Jones, six points, three rebounds, two assists. He does a little bit of everything. He's kind of a little bit of DeAnthony Melton, so watch out for that. He's not At the end of the day, you're not going to look to stat sheet and go, oh, that guy went off. No, he, he's just going to be a good, good team player. Kara Lewis Jr., he's struggling. He, he's not shooting well. He's playing 13 minutes a game. Sadoransky, he's probably he's playing more now that Ingram is is out, but he is horrible, horrible right now. So let that trend continue. Uh, Jackson Hayes, not playing much, 10 to 12 minutes a game, six points, three rebounds, two assists. He's not going to scare you. Their bench just isn't good. And then Trey Murphy, who I liked uh, if the Grizzlies would have stayed at 17, which the Pelicans drafted at 17. Uh, they had Trey Murphy. He's, he's five, you know, five points, two rebounds, and an assist. He's making you know, a three-pointer a game right now. That's why he's averaging those five points. He's not doing much else. Good defender plus defender, but he's really not going to kill you. So looking at their bench, this is a great bench game for the Grizzlies. I trust our bench to be a thousand times better than what that is over there with the Pelicans. And that's the reason that they're not playing well. It's not because of Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and JV. It's these other guys. They just don't have a good, solid team. Zion's not here. Ingram's not here. Because if you have those two playing, that pushes Garrett Temple probably to the bench as well as Josh Hart. And then you don't have to play guys such as Sadoransky as much, right? Very limited time. But let's get into our uh, our boy, Jonas Valanciunas. I would imagine Jonas is going to try to give the Grizzlies a good game, right? I wouldn't say he's probably burned for having to get traded, but you just got traded. There's always a little bit of uh, something in you that says, I'm going to get these guys back. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go at them hard. He's averaging 20 points, 14 rebounds, three assists. That assists are very important. And he's playing roughly 35 minutes a game. He's shooting the three-point ball well since Ingram's went out. The first five games of the year, I don't think he took a three-pointer. Since then, he's at least hitting a three-pointer a game, if not two, right? He's shooting more, but I think it's in, in, because of Ingram's absence. I still think he shoots you know, a three, you know, one or two three-pointers a game when Ingram comes back. But right now, he's having to do more. And that's why, you know, he's averaging 20 and 14. Those are really, really good numbers. And he's passing the ball well because they're having to go through him because he's the best player on the court. That's why he's got three. He's averaging roughly three assists. So I think this is a big JV game. And the reason is because Steven Adams, he got traded for him as well. It's, you know, man on man. You know, they're going to go against each other. And JV, offensively, I think he's in his bag this year. And I think he, and I haven't seen, I haven't liked what I've seen out of, out of uh, Steven Adams. So in my opinion, I think this is a big game for JV. I, I would think he goes off for 22 points or so, you know, 13 to 14 rebounds. He's going to put up a few assists, especially if Ingram's out. So watch that. Uh, speaking of uh, watching that, let's go ahead with our best bets. If you're looking at the numbers and the odds are in your favor and these lines come out and and you have a chance to hit these numbers. JV of 20 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. With Ingram out, I would hit those assists. I would imagine it's going to be you know, two and a half, over under 2.5 for JV, if not over under 1.5. But if Ingram's out, 
Let's look at that assist line as well, uh, because that's going to be very important. But even if Ingram's there, the 20 and 12 is almost a guarantee because his Grizzlies team doesn't rebound the ball well. And also he's got a point to prove. So I would trust that. Another little parlay I'm playing, 10 points, I mean, sorry, $10, maybe 20 bucks is a JV three-pointer. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, two three-pointers. And then Graham, three three-pointers. So a little, you know, stair, stair, staircase, I guess you could call it. JV one, Nah two, Graham three. I'm going to play that because that's really what they're averaging. And the Grizzlies will give up those three-pointers. So, so if you're doing any best bets, look for that. The Grizzlies should win this game and better win this game. We're a much better team than them. I don't know what that line looks like just yet, but if Brandon Ingram does play, I think it's Grizzlies by two and a half, maybe. If Ingram's out, it's probably Grizzlies by five and a half, maybe at the most. But check out those lines because this could be a game where you can catch the Grizzlies on a low number against a bad team. I believe that this will be a, you know, eight to 10 point win for the Grizzlies, especially depending on how this game goes against the Phoenix Suns. If they don't play well against the Suns, you better believe I'm hitting whatever that money line says or whatever that number uh, line says, I'm going to hit it because the Grizzlies are going to win by eight to 10 points. They're going to be mad and they're going to be a point to prove to make sure they don't allow JV to go off, even though I think he still goes off. I just think that he goes off in a loss like he's been doing the whole year. They're 1-11. Come on. All right. That's all I have. Thanks for staying with me a little bit longer this week. I just had to get a lot of that off my chest. I believe in Coach Jenkins, and I wish Grizz Nation would as well. Uh, stick by your guy. Stick by our guys. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to have bad games. They're going to have good games. They're going to shoot bad at times. They're going to shoot well at times. Let's never get too high. Let's never get too low because in the end of the day, that should be our motto. Never too high, never too low. The Grizzlies are a good five to eight games above 500 type team in the end of the year. So they're going to win and lose when they should or shouldn't. Like that's how it happens in the NBA. If they if they are more than eight games above 500, then we're in the seven, eight, I'm sorry, seven, six, five seed, right? But we're not. We're a seven, eight, nine C team. That's who we are. And we haven't had major injuries. We just got Dylan Brooks back, so nothing crazy. But just don't get too ahead of ourselves too quickly. This Grizzlies team is good, but just understand they are still young. We're not a top five team in the West. We're just not. But we can play better than that at times. But we also, as we've shown last night, we can play worse. So uh, let's have a good week. Let's get two dubs. I'd be down with that. Two dubs. But if not, it's okay. We would be we'd be seven and six. Coming back home. A good week. Back at home. Get some wins. We would play the Rockets. That that should be a, a good win. Uh the Clippers, you know, we we owe them as well again. So let's keep the train rolling. Never too high, never too low. Let's have a great week. Have a great weekend. Be nice and tell your friends.